I'm Corinne Schaefer, and welcome to Create Outside the Box. In this episode, I will be sitting down again with dancer, choreographer, and movement artist, Sarah Azell, to share a special behind-the-scenes look at the making of Brooke DeRosa's Alice in Wonderland. In this episode, we will be discussing the filming of Home. If you are interested in watching our interview, please visit our Creative Operations YouTube channel under our playlist, Through the Looking Glass, Behind the Scenes of Brooke DeRosa's Alice in Wonderland. We're sitting down again with our assistant director and choreographer, Sarah Ezel. This time we're going to be talking about Home, which is our mm. second video. And for those of you who have seen the video, you might think, hmm, well, there's not too much choreography in Home. But I've found that a lot of my favorite directors have either been dancers or have been married to dancers. And mm. there's something about how they come at the actor as the whole body being an instrument of acting that I really relate to. Um, what do you think about that? I actually had no idea that you knew so many directors and director spouses that had dance backgrounds. I, I, I never knew that because also I haven't worked so much outside the dance world. I mean, I, I have, but it's fascinating. And I think it does fit because of course, I mean, when we're putting story through a system, the body is part of that storytelling. So it makes sense, but I'm, I'm proud of my field. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, everyone that I've worked with who I've really enjoyed, seriously, we're either a dancer or we're married to dancers. And mm -hmm. what I found so helpful about how they came at things is they really always reminded you to be grounded. They always made you aware of what physicality you were using, because obviously you're going to use your body differently. You're going to walk differently as different characters. Mm -hmm. And then if they had this dance background, they could always demonstrate or give you an idea. So I just always found that very, very helpful. And I feel that it's a branch, like you said, it's a branch of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think as a storyteller, you bring that to everything that you're doing and how you look at things and the aesthetic of things. And I knew this about you very, very quickly. And so therefore I could mm -hmm. trust you overall on all of the storytelling. Cause I knew you had a concept of how to bring story to life through the visuals. Mm, I appreciate that. Well, it's a learning process for me too. You know, it's, I mean, I'm working with the same elements, but of course, when you have it in a different context, you're like, is this the same? Will my training work? And then, you know, you hope that it does. And then, you know, you learn along the way. Yeah. And you were so instrumental in home because this was one of the two videos that I was going to be in front of the camera. I could mm. not be constantly stepping out to see what was going on. And by this point, I had, again, complete trust in you. So I knew that uh, you would let me know if the vision was there. But also, I knew that you were the right person because I had in my head, I was like, I want a cross between one of those beautiful classic British movies in the countryside 
and a Disney film. Mm. And the image of the two sisters underneath the willow. And it's funny because people don't realize that when you're building a vignette, like we did under the, under the willow, that constructing something so simple as sitting is that it's much more challenging to present that in a way that is aesthetically pleasing and looks nice. And so obviously a dancer and a choreographer is going to have an idea of how to position that and make it look good. Yeah. Angle your head a little more to the left. Bring your ear out as if you are hearing the harp play. I mean, it's true that like these little details that maybe someone who hasn't had that experience before would scoff at. These are things that are happening when you have a camera so close. And also I can so relate to that kind of a little bit of an anxiety when you're the creative force behind a project, yet you are in the project and you cannot watch it from the outside. Like when I do solo works, this is always a situation because I'm dancing in my own work. I'm also semi-directing or fully directing. And man, like either you've got a really good intuition, which usually, which also you do have, but it's just with things, with things that are such delicate detail oriented, you just need another set of eyes and you need to feel comfortable because otherwise it's just too stressful, you know? No, and people don't realize that a lot of times the position that you're sitting in that feels comfortable does not look good on camera. <laughs> Unfortunately. And awkward and you feel in pain, then you probably look amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I don't know what it is with sitting. Well, you have to kind of angle and, and all of that. And again, you know, how many ballets have we seen where the core is sitting on the stage elegantly and, you know, the audience might think they're getting a break. But let me tell you, after filming, <laughs> sitting under that tree. <laughs> no, it, it, it the is. chair does not necessarily make it better. I think it's also an interesting. It's always an interesting thing to find this aesthetic beauty but also have a naturalness in it I think that is the hardest balance yeah. I can make someone look beautiful I mean they're already beautiful but I can make them look like make an aesthetic line yeah. but it takes another level to be able to relax into, into it, it in a way that actually appears natural and I feel like for me as a coach and then also just in general this is always a question in my work is like, how much do we want things to be very aesthetic? And then how much do we want things to be natural? And then just, you know, opening the field to find a balance between these things that is organic. Yeah. And that was really what you just said was the challenge of home. How can we have this really beautiful visual? Mm -hmm. um, and again, nature as the third character yeah. but not have it be this posed thing. It needed still to be natural and feel mm. authentic. And a lot of times you feel in conflict or there's a juxtaposition between these two things. Yeah. And it's really a hard, a hard balance. It's not easy. It's not easy to be natural and comfortable when someone's like, don't forget about your pinky. You know, you're like already thinking of 80 things and you're, and you're holding a teacup and it's been five hours with the camera. I mean, I understand. So it's it's a work in progress, but it was a beautiful opportunity to work with these things and, and also a fun one. 
Yeah. What was your favorite, favorite um, memory from, from home? Cause I was worried with all of us sitting under the tree for so long that everyone would be bored filming that. But a lot of people walked away with that as being one of their favorite filming experiences. I think when there's so, when there's people counting on me, I can never be bored. You know, if I was like the snack trolley girl, but then again, even if I was the snack trolley girl, I would have come in and be like, you need to pick your pinky up. You know, I would have tried to help anyway. But um, I think, again, a smattering of different favorite images or pictures I have from that day. Um, we had a really, the team was just really lovely. Like Tom, your friend came and he was so easygoing and helpful. And um, and I really loved when we got Sachel up onto the bridge. Yeah. Because it was like, we got to move for the first time. It's like, it was like, you know, a whole new world of possibility. And we also had a really sweet time filming this bush scene at the end, which we didn't actually, I think, use any of that footage, but it was like the little bunny, like going through the bush. We have some, yeah, we have, we have some, a little bunny. A little bunny. We we were doing a lot of bunny and I was really enjoying the excessive bunny action that we were fitting in. And also I think it was just such a gift that the weather turned out to be so good because that was just, even now, both of us are like... (laughs) The weather, you know, even though it happened a year ago and it was fine, like that kind of tension. I mean, man, when again, it's people's time, energy, there's some financial stuff in there. It's like, please, yeah. son, I know yeah. we're in Hamburg, but please yeah. have pity on us. And and the sun was, go- it was a gorgeous day. So that was also just a gift and a relief. Oh, it was such a gift. I mean, for those who haven't been to Hamburg, Germany or or Northern Europe in general, maybe you have... 10 days of sun that you can count on. (laughs) So, um, and we needed, just like with Hatter, we needed to shoot this outdoors. We had everything, you know, set up. And then I was looking at these weather forecasts that just said it was going to rain the whole day. And we all agreed that we were going to try and tough it out. And thank God, like besides one, one short moment of drizzle, it ended up being a glorious day. And it also helped because I think because it was such, you know, a horrible weather forecast, we were able (laughs) to get that glorious shot with the drone with like no one in the park. And Mm. and that's a park that's normally very crowded. So we were just lucky, very lucky. Lewis Carroll was looking down at us (laughs) trying to orchestrate everything. Lewis Carroll was with us the whole process. I mean, we... I didn't mention this before, but do you remember that when we first had the Mad Hatter rehearsal, we went outside and there was a mural of Alice in Wonderland outside the gym that we were working in. I mean, what are the odds of that? And the first one that we saw was the Mad Hatter on the side of this building. And then we saw the rest of it. But like, come on, you know, (laughs) like, what are the odds of this sun in Hamburg and a Mad Hatter mural outside of our rehearsal space? Yeah. And then we, for Queen of Hearts, we actually ended up, and this was not planned, but we ended up filming on Lewis Carroll's birthday. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I came home and my dad sent me an email that, you know, today on this date, Lewis Carroll's birthday. And I went, he's watching out for us. He's watching out for us. Yeah. He's there. He likes the project. So (laughs) hopefully he continues to like the project. (laughs) We could use even more liking. Yes. Mr. Lewis Carroll, we'll take it. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah, really, really crazy. Well, thank you so much for giving some insight into the behind the scenes of home and sharing all the memories and good times. And of course, your your talent and skill. Um, I really appreciate it. Likewise, Corinne. I hope we continue onwards. Me too. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Create Outside the Box. Please follow us, like, and subscribe on Spotify, Buzzsprout, and now Apple Podcasts. And check us out on our Creative Operations YouTube channel, where you can subscribe to watch our interviews. For more information about Creative Operations, please visit www.creative.com dash operations dot org.